0: Hi, welcome to diversity inD I'm your host Anna and that's my co-host and today we're gonna go over the Thanksgiving massacre
1: the think okay, this is the Thanksgiving massacre massacre of Muskegon by Sev praveki their family were were no different from any other they they offered a father and father and mother who were very professional and the kids were very good. As far as I know, they were a Beaver Cleaver family. Steven Pervecki, 50, taught fifth grade. His superintendent, his superintendent, Gloria Lewis, described him as a dedicated teacher. Linda Pervecki, 49, was a
0: the
1: reception receptionist at the medical office. Her father-in-law, John Pervecki, was 78 and lived on his own nearby. Jed and April, both 19, were studying at Muskegon Community College to be teachers. Seth, 17, had two arrests for shoplifting beer and compact discs. Seth was prescribed antidepressant medication sentenced to 10 days in the county youth home, and required to get counseling. Self was a B student and was described and was described by his, his parents as a good kid, as recently as 1997. His mother told the court in 1996 that he was he always obeyed her and followed curfew, although she checked the box on one court questionnaire Indicating that Seth the sixteen, sometimes drink. In an essay a part of his shoplifting punishment. Stuff described and in interest in science and had desire to marry and travel. I will also like to have kids one day, not too many because I know how much trouble I get into and how much of a nuisance I could be at sometimes. It was early Sunday afternoon at Seth's Parvecki's house, just outside Muskegon, Michigan. Near, nearly time for the family delay Thanksgiving. His mother is taking a shower. His brother is watching TV. His father should arrive with Granddad anytime. His brother girlfriend will be there up soon. Upstairs, Seth, eighteen year, eighteen, is loading his father's twenty two caliber Ruger. But as the night rolled on, April never showed up for, for a shift at, shift at her job. Her mother and stepfather, Julie and Tom Cooper, knew she, she was at Jed's for Thanksgiving. So they came looking for her at Jed's house and saw something standing over Stephen Provecki's body in the driveway. The figure ran... The Coopers rushed inside, grabbed a portable phone, and took out and called 911. As police arrived at the home, an 18-year-old man emerged from nearby woods and approached them. He had a story to tell. His name was Stephen Wallace. And he told police his good friend, Seth Provicki called him after called him that afternoon to tell him that he had killed his mother, father, grandfather, brother, and brother's girlfriend. Wallace said he went to Provecki's house and agreed to dispose of the murder weapon. Stephen Provecki's twenty two caliber handgun, which he tossed in a pond at the park several miles away. Wallace told police he returned to the house later that night and was helping Provecki's cover up the murder scene. When April boss when April boss parents arrived, his shot his shocking um revelation triggered a mass a massive manhunt for steve for seth Pervecki as the tight-knit riff the the tight-knit you,
0: reese puffer school
1: community reared at a hor at the horrifying news the high school where stephen Pervecki had been a teacher and where Seth Pervecki was a student went on lockdown with fear that Steph might show up. Photos of Seth Provecki was described among students who might have not known the high school senior. And and when the police headed into the house, the first thing they saw was 50 year old Stephen Provecki lying dead in the driveway before they even entered the home. Then when entering the home, they discovered the bodies of April boss, April boss, Jed, John, and Gloria Provecki all dead from gunshot wounds. The police searched for Seth for 13 hours. The police went through surveillance and found that store security photos show Seth twice trying to buy 22, 22 caliber bullets the night before the shooting, but he was refused because he was underage. Authorities don't know where a box of ammunition found in the house came from, after the shooting set spent hours mopping up blood before driving to a gas station and drop and dropping the spent shell casings into a trash can. A security camera at the nearby grocery store shows him buying duct tape at 9 40 p.m. The police believe he planned to use the tape the tape to set up the phony robbery scene. Steve meanwhile drove ten miles to the pond to throw the gun. And clipped into the opposite end. Police says. Then he returned to a movie. <laughs> then he returned a movie to Blockbuster Video store. Went home and attended the evening church meeting. Both returned to the house for more cleaning. The day was rainy, and the mood at the school was sober. Was sober as the, as the news spread of the depth of of. Uh, Je- Jedediah. Je- Jedediah and April both, of whom had had graduated their per- their previous years. Eighteen year old oh, these people names. What is that? Janavia. Gen-
0: yeah, janavia Buf. Janavi. B- Simone, Simone LA.
1: was <laughs> described by. The grief the grief that she left school and was driving around when she saw a hitchhiker, a solitary, soaked fig, soaked figure, and stopped to give him a ride. She was shocked and terrified to discover the hitchhiker was self pervecki. She played it cool and took Prevecki to the home of one of his friends where he asked her to drop him off at. Then she called police, finding no one home, Pravecik, who had spent previous nights in the nearby woods, hid in a in a, at a uh in a pole barn barn behind his friend's house. There was there were there that's where police found him and arrested him around one p.m. During an interview with Muskegon County Sheriff Detective Captain Dennis Edwards, Pravecik first claimed his brother Jedediah had committed the murders, but Soon he gave full confession. Edwards later would describe Provecki's demeanor as flat, like nobody's, like nobody's home. Provecki recounted a re, recounted a disagreement that had that had, he had that morning with his father. He, who he said he he argued with frequently. His father had said the eighteen-year-old needed to move out. S.F. put put it. His father told him that his parents didn't love him anymore. It had came after months of arguing, doing what Pravecki said his mother and brother would take his father's side. Seth Pravecki said that one of one of the anger and rage he retrieved on his father's gun, he went to the living room and shot Jedediah in the back of the head as the team was sitting on the couch. He dragged his his brother's body into the basement and waited for his father to come home. When Stephen arrived with his father John, whom Steph was not expecting, he ambushed them in the garage and shot them both in the head. It took two it it took two shots to kill his grandfather. Next, eighteen year old went upstairs where his mother had had just gotten out the shower. Linda Provek, also was shot in the head. The last to die was April Boston. Who had seen the dead bodies of Provecki's father, grandfather, when she arrived for what she thought was being a dinner, Thanksgiving dinner? Said Provecki, "said he shot Boss in the head as she entered the kitchen. He claimed he didn't know she was coming to dinner either. When Provecki's friend Stephen Wallace arrived, they they uh, they devised a plan to try to remove the bodies and bury them." After dragging the bodies of Provecki's father out of the driveway, they determined it was too heavy to lift into a trunk of a car they had lying in the garage bag. So they came up with another plan to make the killing appear as a robbery. They were in process of removing valuables from the house, including TVs, VCRs, and stereo, when boss parents showed up. Wallace ended up being tried. Being, Wallace ended up being tried for being an accessory after the fact. He was. He has. He was acquitted after successfully convincing jurors that he helped Provecki out of fear of his own life. Seth Provecki ended up pleading guilty to five counts of first-degree murder before sentences. Before sentences. Povecki to life in prison without parole. Judge James Grave Jr. told the teenager "You turn you turn what should have been a pleasant Thanksgiving weekend into your own killing field. The judge also denied Povecki's bizarre request for time to see the world before he had to report to prison. Povecki served 11 and a half years behind bars. On July 20 on July 25th 2010, he and two other He and two others, he and two other convicted murderers, overpowered a semi. What the hell? Overpowered a semi truck, (laughs) a semi truck driver making a delivery to a Ken Ross correctional facility in Michigan Upper Peninsula where they were incarcerated. The trio hijacked the truck and drove it through the double fencing surrounding. The medium security prison, and once outside, fled on foot. the The other two inmates ended up, ended up surrendering. Parecki, who was 30 years old, was running across the street from the prison when correctional officers shot him dead. Parecki had been shot in the head the same way he killed his family in April. Boss that Thanksgiving day.
0: That's karma. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right.
0: damn. damn to die the same way you kill people that is karma so that was the thanksgiving massacre of and by seth to Pavec- 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 so yeah he was crazy like how, how are you gonna take out your holding family to shot everybody in
1: the head that's that's you don't really see that
0: yeah well rest in peace to all them people yes that's crazy Okay, now we're going to cover some of the FBG Duck case. Um, over the course of nearly 2,000 YouTube videos, Martel Wiley has always covered his face to discuss the often violent intersection of Chicago's gang and rap cultures. But Wiley ditched his signature match on Thursday, signature, signature mask on Thursday and took the stand in the federal trial surrounding the brazen killer killing of rapper FBG Duck. In doing so, he revealed himself as a longtime government informant who's been paid handsomely for his cooperation. Speaking in quick bursts, Wiley cursed cracked jokes and discussed his close connection to both victim and defendants, some of whom he identified in surveillance footage. His tone and tenor closely resembled the videos he posted to his popular Trenches News YouTube channel, which he has repeatedly used to discuss the case. I'm Michael Jordan on YouTube, Wiley boasted about the page, which has about 114,000 subscribers. During his testimony, he acknowledged that he reached out to law enforcement and offered to help shortly after F.B.G. Duck, real name Carlton Weekly, was gunned down in the Gold Coast on August 4, 2020. He noted that he was close friends with Duck's slain brother and described Duck as one of the coolest, smoothest dudes. And that's why I'm here today for him, said Wiley, who greeted Duck's mother as he left the courtroom. Wiley's perspective on Duck's death is unique as he's been affiliated with both gang factions at the heart of the case. On trial are six, are six members and associates of the O'Block set of the Black Disciples, anchored to the Parkway Gardens housing complex at 64th Street and King Drive. O'Block has been locked in a bitter years-long war with, with ducks Tucaville faction at the Gangster Disciples. Wiley told jurors he joined another Black Disciples faction when he was 15, he later moved to Parkway Gardens, which is also known as Oblock. He said he eventually shifted to the other side in 2010 when he had a falling out with members of Oblock and was shot. As he reflected on his time on the street, Wiley insisted he is no longer active and now uses his online platform to bash gang members and encourage kids to avoid the same path of evidence and incarceration he had taken. At one point he told jurors he's trying to help the city be a better place. Ain't no money in the streets now. They're broke. Starving gang bangers, he said. They need to get on YouTube. Despite those comments, Wiley spoke finally about the first shooting he carried out, calling it a rush, while noting that a gang rival had been struck 17 times. At the same time, the convicted felon downplayed his long criminal record in an outstanding warrant stemming from a pending case in Minnesota earlier this week. On Thursday, the lawyer successfully argued for more time to review FBI do- documents that were recently disclosed, including notes of interviews. They are expected to begin cross examining Wiley on Monday when the trial resumes. At the end of Thursday's questioning, Judge Martha Picold told him that he technically remains on the stand. Until then, he should discuss the case in the meantime. I won't go on YouTube, he said with a smirk. I promise. Certainly not, Picold responded. <clears throat> And then another O Block member admits lying to FBI to avoid testifying in the FBG Duck murder trial. The banger turned informant told his handler last month that he believed O'Block was responsible for his brother's death. On the stand this week, he admitted that he lied. With a federal trial looming, an FBI agent got a troubling text message from a gang member who had agreed to cooperate against six associates charged in the killing of the rapper FBG Duck. My brother got killed, David Sloan wrote to his handler on October 5th. I'm in the hospital with my family, Sloan said he believed O'Block, his faction of the black disciples that's now at the center of a federal case, was responsible for the slaying. An alarming claim that left the FBI scrambling for answer. Turns out everything you told them that day about your brothers being killed was a lie, Keith spilled gold, an attorney representing one of the alleged members and associates O'Block said, and questioning Sloan on Wednesday. The revelation came... During Sloan's third day on the stand, where he sat with his back to the defendants, his long drive sh- shielding his face. He identified some of them from surveillance footage and offered inside information about o and its years-long war with F.B.D. Ducks' Tugerville faction of the Gangster Disciples. Ducks' real name, Carlton Weekly, was killed in a brazen daytime shooting in the Gold Coast on, on August 4, 2020. Defense attorneys repeatedly questioned Sloan's testimony, Knowledge of Oblock's inner workings while detailing his lengthy criminal record, highlighting a felony gun case pending in Cook County Court that he picked up when he was on parole and already cooperating with the FBI. But Sloan's acknowledgement that he had lied to federal authorities about his brother being killed served as most as the glaring impeachment of his credibility. When FBI agents came to Sloan's home October 13th after he stopped responding to them, he claimed his brother had been gunned down during a confrontation at a house party. In reality, Sloan's brother had been killed in 2019 under different circumstances, and O'Block had nothing to do with it. He said Sloan only acknowledged that he lied when he was confronted Tuesday. He later told jurors that he did so because he feared he and his family could be killed because he violated the no-snitch code of the street. Gregor Mitchell, one of Ligon's attorneys, insisted that Sloan was well aware of what he had signed up for. You understand that you were putting your life on the line by talking to them, Mitchell said referring to the FBI. Sloan explained that he was initially approached by the Bureau while he was being held at Cook County Jail in May of 2018. Agents asked about Oblock's leadership and he provided a list of names, he said. The feds came calling again in October 2020, two months after Duck was killed, and Sloan formally agreed to cooperate with the investigation while he was in prison in February of 2021. FBI spe- Special Agent Kevin Doyle testified this week that the cooperation agreement was severed that June after Sloan grew unresponsive when he was released, known that a parole violation stemming from the outstanding gun charge played into the decision to sever the agreement for, the, for that period. The cooperation deal was reinstated reinstated in January of 2020 and has netted the convicted felon $21,515, Doyle, Doyle said. Sloan said he earned 5000 in a single-cash payment for identifying defendants and surveillance footage for the Parkway Gardens apartment complex, which is also known as Oblock, and serves as a gang faction's power base. Sloan faces up to 30 years in prison in an pending case in Cook County, but isn't being offered leniency, unlike any another gang-tied informant Sloan said. He lived at Parkway Gardens in Willan between 20, 2008 and 2018, though he acknowledged that he was either locked up or living with his grandmother in North Dakota for some of that time. He painted o as a hier- hierarchical clique that routinely held meetings with killers and drug dealers to pass out guns and dope and discuss potential retaliatory shootings. But during cross-examination, he was presented with a transcript of a previous NU interview with the FBI in which he said there were no orders given or structured within o At one point in his testimony, only, he acknowledged that he had essentially provided authorities with bogus information. By the end of Wednesday's testimony, Assistant U.S. Attorney Jason Julian sought to set the record straight in a final line of questioning Is there a leadership structure in OBLAC? Julian asked. Yes, Lone responded in his raspy draw. So, them are the two witnesses that went up for the FDG duck trial so far. So, what do you think?
1: They really does not do really think this is like everybody tell it now <laughs> everybody tells them all types of shit, <laughs> like you know but i mean they should know at some point in time this will come upon them because for the simple fact they try to intimidate a lot of people and then with that they just get jammed up they just want to get out of jail so they ain't there but he did it he did it he did it. you know tell what and then with all the other stuff that they saying they basically cook like, violence sent them off, like... Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just crazy, like, just people, like, old black members of their own gang are testifying against them. Yeah. And then they're intimidated on Stan. stand. Like, he said he's scared for him and his family.
1: They're saying that they, somebody else is bringing up, well, now they're they gonna be looking into, um... They're going to be looking at the Boss Top because um, um Butter made a statement and said, I guess he just, he made a statement at that court or to, to the police. And he verified and he said that OD, OD was killed by K.I. And when the car that drove up, when she got killed, that Boss Top was, Boss Top, was the one driving the car? He saw him driving the car, and Boss Out put it in one of his songs. And he's already locked up, so you think you think he gonna do more than more than that five? He gonna tell too. Right. He, already, he was already telling in the damn videos. <laughs>
0: now we'll do, go on to some carjackings in Detroit. Police are looking for a suspect who carjacked two people last month. The first carjacking happened just before 7 p.m. on November 21st at a gas station in the 11,500 block of Wyoming. Police said the suspect approached a 41-year-old man from behind, went through his pockets, and fled in his black 2016 Cadillac CTS. The suspect was last seen driving west on Cedar Lawn. Then, just before 9.20 p.m., November 23rd, the suspect approached a 43-year-old man at a gas station in the 18,400 block of James Cousins and asked for change. As the victim went into his pockets for for Savoni, the suspect demanded his car keys and then fled in the, the victim's blue 2019 BMW. That vehicle was found the next day, but police are still looking for the suspect. Anyone with information about these crimes is asked to call the Detroit Police Department's Commercial Auto Death Unit at 313-596-2555. Or Crime Stoppers at 1-800-SPEAK-UP. So, now there's carjackings going on again.
1: I mean, if we look at it, that place right there, I don't think people that specific part like Wyoming just gloomy and dark, period. Yeah. So I don't know why people and I know exactly what gas station that is and where that was thing that's a that's right in between Plymouth and West Chicago. It's like just dark and dull there. So
0: well, my whole thing is the second suspect, you asked him for change, he was gonna go into the man was going to go into his pockets and give you something. And you're going to pay him back by stealing his damn car. Like, that's why a lot of people are frightened to help people nowadays is Mm -hmm. because people like this. And there are serious people on the streets that need help. But people are so in fear of being robbed or anything else that they don't even want to help people anymore because of people like that. And it's sad. It's just very sad. Like, why? 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 You just give people things a bad name.
1: Really good name. It's a structure, man, and you would think, you would think the police would be somewhere around, man, with all this going on. Like they ain't never around. Like where no. do they be at? Yeah,
0: where are the where are the Detroit police?
1: <laughs> they ain't nowhere. All type of shit going on, and they ain't never nowhere to be found.
0: Well, we know they're not at the, the casinos gambling because there's so much violent crimes down there.
1: Right, but ain't they still on strike? I think the casinos were still on strike last no, time I checked. I think they went back like three days ago. Oh, they did? I think. Well, they going to do something down there. That's downtown. That's You and Dale think you get caught down there.
0: Right, and there's, it's like, what are you doing? In the hood, there's not really any good donut shops. It they in
1: the them. hood in the trap. They're Coney
0: Islands. Like, do you got the Coney's?
1: <laughs> well, they ain't there either. They should be going on there. They ain't there either. The they
0: that's one thing. For some reason, in Michigan, in Detroit, like Coney Island shootings happen all the time.
1: Yeah,
0: all the time. It's that's like the hot spot for shootings, Coney Islands.
1: That's because it's is 24 hours, and he's coming out there. He's late at the bar. Yeah, and then you run into somebody that you probably don't like, or don't have some words <laughs> with, and everybody just always like They has to call the y'all. and that's where it happens. At
0: was well, there anything else you want to say before we end today?
1: Uh, I just want to say thank y'all for the support. Keep it up. Appreciate you guys, and you keep coming with you guys. So y'all have a blessed one.
0: And I just want to say thank you to all our listeners. We really appreciate you. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and comment. We are also available on the following platforms Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Our Facebook page is Diversity in the D. Our email is diversityintheD at gmail.com, but it's spelled D I B E R C I T Y I N T H E D. Thanks again to our listeners. Without you, there's no us. We are also now on Instagram at Diversity in the D. And that will close for today next time. And I want to say go Lions on our win on Sunday.